0: Well, this morning, uh, Peter's going to tell us that we're in the last days, and so we're going to talk about the end times, and for whatever reason, throughout my life up to this point, whenever that topic comes up, this song is playing. It's not really this song, but it's this mood. It's dark. It's depressing. It's disturbing. It's sad. It's... Maybe not melancholy, but it's maybe hopelessness. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, time out. I I try. we wanted to show a video that just showed these pictures of these predictions of the end times, and you're looking at that, you just kind of blasted back in your seat thinking, wow, you know, why are we alive? What are we doing? So I think there's another side to this story rather than dark, depressing, discouraging. So that's where we're going this morning. In Acts chapter 2. So remember last week, it was Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came with power, and people are saying, what is this? These people that are Galileans are speaking our languages, and they're describing God's mighty works, and then we go on forward. So Acts 2, their heads were spinning. They couldn't make head or tail of any of it. They talked back and forth, confused, What's going on here? What is this? Others joked, they're drunk on cheap wine. I don't know why they thought it was cheap. That's when Peter stood up and, backed by the other 11, spoke out with bold urgency. Fellow Jews, all of you who are visiting Jerusalem, listen carefully. Get this story straight. These people aren't drunk, as some of you suspect. They haven't had time to get drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. This is what the prophet Joel announced would happen. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. Your sons will prophesy, also your daughters. Your young men will see visions. Your old men dream dreams. When the time comes, I'll pour out my Spirit on those who serve me, men and women both, and they'll prophesy. I'll set wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billowing smoke, the sun turning black, the moon blood red, before the day of the Lord arrives. The day, tremendous and marvelous, important and splendid and whoever calls out for help to me god will be helped will be saved so remember as you read through that jesus promised power you all all of you all 120 all of you will receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you and then you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in jerusalem throughout judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So 120 followers are now empowered by the Holy Spirit to tell others about Jesus. When the power came, it came without warning. It came like a strong gale force wind. It spread like wildfire. It filled the upper room, and it filled the people in the upper room, all 120. It empowered them, the 120... To speak in different languages. And it enabled those 120 to bear effective and powerful witness of Jesus to their neighbors and the nations that they represented as they gathered in Jerusalem. The power that came, the power of the Holy Spirit, came for others. It did not come for the 120, it came to empower them for others. So others heard the sound, others came on a run, others heard their own mother tongue spoken. Others were thunderstruck. Others tried to figure out how in the world could a group of Galileans be speaking their languages. Others heard God, God's mighty works. That's the wonderful things God has done in Jesus, described in their language. And the others are Jews. They're Jews that are devout pilgrims from around the world. This, this quotation from N.T. Wright, begins to set the stage for what's coming next. It's only by imagining the world, the world back then, the world that we're talking about, a world where people were puzzling and praying over ancient texts to try to find urgently needed meanings in times of great stress and sorrow that we can understand how Peter could even think of launching into a great long quotation from the prophet Joel, in order to explain the apparently confused babbling and shouting that was going on. It's good to stop and remember, you know, we're talking about a group of people, devout people, who haven't heard from God for 400 years. And yet they're still in pilgrimage, coming to Jerusalem to celebrate these feasts, searching the Bible and the confusing times that they're in. Rome is occupying Israel what's going on here? Where is God? I love the context that that quote sets for what is about to happen. They're on pilgrimage for the Feast of Pentecost, which celebrates the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. Wow. Receiving an empowered witness of what God has done in Jesus from the 120 who are following Jesus. And the question is, what is this? What is going on? This is not like any other pilgrimage we've ever had to Jerusalem. Most in the crowd recognized that this event is extraordinary. It's miraculous. And it's difficult to understand. Most were overwhelmed by feelings of astonishment And that astonishment is mixed with awe, a fear. Most were greatly perplexed, and they asked, what what is this? And there were a few that mocked. They mocked the event, and they accused the 120 of being drunk. And it's Peter, empowered by the Holy Spirit, who stands up, and he answers the accusation, and he answers the question he says this is first of all this is not drunkenness it's too early in the morning for everybody to be drunk but what it is this is what was written by the prophet joel he is he's specifically directly answering the question what is this this is this is what was written by the prophet joel what he is saying is what joel wrote is now happening. What did Joel write? In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my Spirit. Even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders in the heavens above, signs in the earth below, blood and fire, clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark. The moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, will be helped. What Joel wrote is happening right now is what Peter is saying. So so what is this? You know, first of all, it's the beginning of the end. We're in the last days. We've been in the last days since Pentecost. Jesus was an eschatological event. Jesus brought the end into the present. So Jesus is the beginning of the end. We have been the church has existed in the last days since there's been a church. We're not waiting for the last days to happen. So some of the schemes that talk about we're, gonna, we're getting close to... No, that's not what this is saying. These are the last days. And what happens in the last days? There's the beginning of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is being poured out on all flesh. Another way of saying that, the Holy Spirit is being poured out on all nations. The Holy Spirit is being poured out on Jews. The Holy Spirit is being poured out on Gentiles. Not only that, the Holy Spirit is being poured out on sons and daughters. Wait a minute. Women are involved here? And again, the context of this, you're, you're in a city that is dominated by, by men in leadership. And now something very radical is happening. It actually goes back to the garden. I don't. Sometime this week, Adam was asking me about helpmate, the Hebrew words. You know, what did it mean when, when God created Eve and brought her to Adam? And this will be your easer, and I can't remember the second Hebrew word, but it's your helpmate. What does that mean? And what that means is, here is the one that is equal to you. Not just the one that will provide children for family, but also the one equal that will help in what I have given you to do. Men and women have been equal in God's eyes since the beginning. That gets lost when the world falls into sin. And sin causes this juxtaposition between male and female. That's being restored as the Holy Spirit is poured out. I'm pouring out the Holy Spirit equally, upon male and female wow and it's the servants of notice what it's what Joel prophesied i'm going to pour out the spirit on my servants not just men it's male and female will serve me and they're going to be empowered by the holy spirit to do that and then when you when you think about what's happening on the day of pentecost who's in the 120 it's the 11 and the family of Jesus, which included the mother of Jesus and the women that supported. So it's men and women on Pentecost that are empowered by the Holy Spirit speaking out the wonders of God. It's not just men. It's men and women. That's what's being demonstrated. And it's sons and daughters who are empowered by the Holy Spirit to proclaim divine revelation. That's what prophecy means. Prophecy more often than not does not mean the foretelling of future. It it means I'm I'm in relationship with the living God. I'm listening to him. We're having a relationship. It's also that I'm, you know, I'm okay. I hear you. You're speaking to me through this this word. And then once you, you speak to me, then you direct me to proclaim what I'm learning about you or through your word to others. So the Holy Spirit is now inspiring people to tell the story of Jesus. So men and women empowered by the Spirit to proclaim to others in a powerful way the story of Jesus. Divine revelation is received by the young and the old. So now again, we're talking about not male and female only, now young and old. I mean, just across the board, all people. And they're going to receive revelation through visions. I was really comforted to find out that there's really not a big, in the parallelism of Joel and the parallelism of Hebrew, there's not a big difference between, between receiving visions when you're awake and receiving visions when you're asleep. It's really, the idea is you're, you're in communication with God and He's speaking to you. And from that, you speak to others. And it's a season of signs and wonders. I think that the, the wonders, they really are aimed at creation is groaning creation's groaning for the day of its redemption. So yes, there will be these natural phenomenas that, ha- that happen. Jesus even said there'll be earthquakes, there'll be famines. Those things are going to happen, but that doesn't mean. Remember that? And then this, the signs, if you go back into John, John talks about the, these seven signs. He built this whole gospel on the seven signs that came through the ministry of Jesus. So the works of Jesus become these signs, these miraculous signs. And you and I, following Jesus, guess what? You're to do what I've been doing. So these signs continue as the Holy Spirit empowers us to do the miraculous because of who we're following. And then it's a time of rescue for everyone who calls out to the Lord. So when we call out to the Lord for help, He is there to help us. And that, from the the (laughs) Pentecost, where we are, to the day of the Lord, which would be the day of Jesus' return, this is a time where God is available to help. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, help me, he says, glad to do it. And, you, and salvation goes way beyond being, you know, being forgiven and going to heaven. It includes that, but it's bigger than that. God, help me. Okay. And he doesn't say, I'll help you when you get your stuff straight. No. This is a day of God's grace. It's a day that God wants to help. And then finally, all of this is before the important and remarkable day of the Lord. I don't have time to go. I think I might spend next week just sharing some of the stuff about the day of the Lord. It's pretty, pretty remarkable. Just a little hint. The the day of the Lord is has been in the history of mankind before mankind began to write. The day of the Lord precedes the prophets writing about the day of the Lord. So something within the creation of man has always known that there'd be a day, this remarkable and glorious day, when God would set everything right. It's really, it's really intriguing. Next time. So it kind of looks like this. We're in the last days. The last days begin at, Pen- at, at Pentecost. And in, in these last days, as we go from Pentecost to the day of the Lord, whatever that day is, that is a future day. That's the day when Jesus returns. It's probably not just a day, it's a season. But at that time, from then to then, this is what we do. This is what we can expect. We can expect outpourings of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit will continue to be poured out. It's not just at Pentecost. That began it. But again and again and again, the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out on all the nations, on those that serve God, so that there's this powerful, winsome testimony of who Jesus is, what Jesus did, and His kingdom come and coming. Servants empowered to tell others about Jesus. And then people calling out to God for help. And God saying, glad to help. That's that's what these times are like. So could I kind of say that we can live this out in several ways? One, you know, I want the Holy Spirit to be poured out on me again and again and again. I want to tell others about Jesus. And I, I know that as well-intended as I am or as resourced as I am with what I know from the Bible, if the Holy Spirit is not empowering me to tell somebody about Jesus, it doesn't work. It does not work. So I think, I mean, we, don't we want to be a community that's empowered by the Holy Spirit so that when we tell others about Jesus that they, they say, just say, yeah, I want to come along. That would be one. I think also we want to receive visions. Well, don't we want to be in communication with our God? I mean, we, we know He's alive. Don't we want to have that communication where we're receiving information from Him, inspiration from Him, so that we can then proclaim to others what God is revealing? Don't, don't we want vision? And just think for a moment, where do we need God to help us? I mean, I've got a list. Don't you have a list? Help. I need help. I need help here. So if we kind of get in the habit that we know with, when we ask God to help, he says, I'm glad to help. Why'd you wait so long? You're like me, I, I try to do it myself. I try to fix my own problems again and again and again, and it, I just don't. I just don't call out to the Lord, help me. So if we get in the habit of doing that, and we regularly experiencing God helping us, guess what? What do we tell our neighbors? There's a God who who loves to help. You just have to ask Him, and then we can look forward. To the end of this present age. I think it's something positive. I don't think it's it's meant to be something negative. It sure is. I'm I'm not afraid of the great and remarkable day of the Lord. I look forward to that. The church should have this anticipation of this great and remarkable day. The day that all history is moving toward. And God at that day, God's going to show up. And God's going to set everything right that's been wrong throughout history will be set right on that day. That is a great day. So we ought to be positive. I don't walk around with this sign, you know, Doomsday, and the back says, Eat at Joe's. I don't have that sign. We don't need to have that sign. We, We don't need to walk around with a sign that says, God is judging you, we need to be walking around with a sign that says God is saving us. Do you see the difference? It's a whole different way of looking at our world. It's a whole whole different way of looking at God. It's a whole different way of looking at the people around us. But where does that come from? What are we reading? What is this saying to us? So this is what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to stand with me. I'm gonna ask us to pray for each other. We we are a small enough group that we can do that. I think we know each other well enough that we can make ourselves vulnerable to one another. So I just wonder, can anybody relate to, I really want the Holy Spirit to give me the ability to tell others about Jesus. I want that empowerment. Anybody, anybody want that? I mean, like, that's most of us. All right, so raise your hand, then look around at who's raising their hand. Okay, so can we just take a moment? Like, <laughs> let's, could we pray for each other? Just take a couple of minutes. I mean, it's like everybody, okay? So just turn to your neighbor and pray for each other. Can we do that? If anybody just, you know, I would really like to receive vision. I'd really like to have this communication. I I want to to be be connected. I have a story then to tell others. You know, you can throw that in there. You know, pray for me. I'd really like to have uh, God give me a vision. Or you can also say, you know, I'd really like God to help me with this as we're praying for each other, those are the ways I think we can all put this word into practice. So as we're praying, let's, let's, let's do that a little bit too. Okay. Well, Jesus, thank you that you are allowing us to be part of this story. And we do ask that you'd continue to pour out your spirit on us in these last days. That you would empower us, men and women, as your servants, to tell others about Jesus. We pray, Lord, that we, uh, when we get into trouble, when we need help, that we're quick to cry out to you for help. And Lord, that you would you would just come to our aid as you've promised again and again and again. And we'd tell others about that. Then others would call out to you. We just pray, Lord, for a planet that's crying out to you for help. Uh, Lord, thank you that we're moving toward that great and tremendous day. Your day, the day of the Lord. We bless you. Thank you for our time together in your name.